Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. How do you do? I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And whether you are an executive director of a professional association trying to bring on new members and bring them to you, like Sally, or whether you're a project manager like Irv trying to develop new methods for team communication, we are here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and enterprise. Today's episode is entitled Living Large in Retirement. Yes, today we will look at something most business owners have been putting off far too long. No, I'm not talking about the honest reporting to the IRS. I'm talking about retiring and about exit strategies for that golden time when your company no longer keeps you awake at night because you are now no longer running it. And helping me guide you out there on all this path toward getting fair value for your firm and getting... Uh, yourself and your potential heirs all well cared for, and making sure that uh, my poor partner doesn't have to marry my spouse to keep the company afloat. We have some very capable. We have the very capable financial planner and founding uh, CEO of Prestige Wealth Management, Mr. Roy Williams. Roy is one of those business personalities who's come out on top because, frankly, knowing him, he is kind-hearted and caring, and they are two very great business assets. Roy has been named to Barron's Top 1,000 Financial Advisors to New Jersey Monthly Magazines. Uh, uh, he has given him a five-star uh, rating along with his, his company, Prestige Wealth Management. And Rep Magazine lists Roy in its Top 100 Advisors. And for those of you who need more media advice, you should know that Roy is also fond of barbecuing in his Hunterdon County home. And so I'm sure he could offer you some tips there. So today, we're here to discuss Roy's new book, Only Retire Once, How to Avoid the Nine Deadly Mistakes of Retirement. And so before we solve all your life planning challenges, let me take a few minutes to supply you out there for a few utensils for our Feast of Wisdom. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of the individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the titles and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself, the most important corporate body of your life. Will this be the day that you pause and remember those many who have boosted your career and been your mentors along the way? Will this be the day you call and thank them? The choice is truly yours. Second, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. Uh, so let me pull one out here. Here's another stuff. No, no. Uh, oh, this 38, our own exit strategy. Strategy. If your first concern in any new venture is risk assessment, son, retire. You are far too old for the exhilaration of business. <laughs> As an afterthought, it doesn't matter what your age. Business should be sparking in you the thrill of stepping into some hopefully profitable and joyous enterprise. So forget the greed, take the fun, and a little risk is part of the fun. Our third utensil, perhaps uh, we should call this day's utensil the old fish fork, we will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, uh, 
we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us who the name of who you believe that quote's author to be. Just simply write the author's name to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're right, we'll announce your name in the air. The author of last week's quote was the individual who said, I have tried to get our employees to stop texting for just one hour a week. That's the one hour I personally talk to them. The result? They look me right in the eye and text under the table. These words were spoken by this terrestrial orb's most successful techie, Mr. Eric Schmidt, CEO and chair of Google. So now, let us dig into today's feast. And recently, uh, Roy has launched his succinct and cogent new book, Only Retire Once, and he has kindly, he did and kindly invite several of us from Prometheus Publishing to join him. And one thing I instantly noticed when talking with this man is that he has the facts, the stats, and the insights right at his fingertips. So ladies and gentlemen, this is a man that all thoughtful people to whom they should hearken. Roy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Bart. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. I hope you had a good weekend. Roy, I loved your new book. It was an uh, it had a fascinating title, rather intriguing. Um, the title, Only Retire Once. What's the alternative? Well, never retire. Or <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> or retire and then go back to work because you commit one of the nine deadly sins that I have in the book here. Ah, okay. I I really do not want to do that. My uh, my wife sharpens all the tree stumps around our property, so I can't sit down. But I, so I'm not. I may have fallen that first category. But when I retire, I do want it to be for good. But times are and different. Yeah, yeah. And the category you're talking about. Some people never want to retire, and that's no, fantastic. So. Oh, some people yeah, want to because well, mm-hmm. they love what they're doing. Yeah. Well, they that's. That's good too, and uh, I think. But I think most people do want to. Uh, the majority probably do, and but I must say times are different now. When I first got out of school, most of my fellows couldn't spell retirement, much less think about it. But today's different. Um, so I'm going to ask you: How soon should I begin planning my retirement? Really, the best time to start is uh, when you first get your job. Uh, really? Out of school or, or out of trade school, retire, retire. You know, to plan for retirement, you know, I always give the example: if you save ten thousand a year from a time you're twenty-five to thirty-five, and then save right. ten thousand a year thirty-five to sixty-five, you have more money just by saving for those ten years. Albert Einstein quoted that the uh, most amazing thing is compound interest when it's working for you. <laughs> You know, I think that's true. I think there is a tendency today to spend everything and be really kind of improvident. It's not the consumer's job to keep our budget uh, and our our economy flowing. It's your job to take care of yourself. So are people doing better at planning than they used to? Uh, Actually, I would say uh, uh, they're better, but it's a more challenging environment because they have Hmm. to – plan for their own retirement because corporations and social security will not sustain individuals. You know, I talked recently uh, at the book launch about if you had a uh, million dollars in 1960, you need eight million mm-hmm. to have the same spending power. And what happens when people have social security and they have pensions, 
that don't keep up with inflation, even if they have some inflation, they just their lifestyle diminishes, and which is something you don't want in retirement. The worst thing you can ever do is run out of money. No, you you don't want to live longer than your income. Heaven knows, um, but I think that it's it's that inflation uh, point that you bring up is very true. That it's we all sort of think of a, of a big chunk of money of of what it was when we got out of school, and that's just not going to be so. Without well, question. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's move up in age a bit now. When I'm negotiating my compensation package, I'm, I've moved up to the ranks a little bit, and I'm looking for my compensation. What are the aspects I should build into my plan to meet retirement needs? I mean, of course, everyone thinks, well, of course, get more money, but but there's there's more to it than that, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you want to build in to you know medical insurance uh, if you, if you're an executive uh, uh, executive level individual. Sometimes you, you negotiate severance up front. If it's a termination uh, without cause, uh, medical, maintaining medical oh. for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we have a client, and this is uh, back in the 90s, and we uh-huh. helped them negotiate their contract and stock options. An interesting thing, we had in the, during the negotiations, they, this company really wanted this person, so we said, okay, uh, we, we recommended the options vest from day one. The company was taken oh. over in a matter of months, and by the options vesting, it meant a significant amount of money, meaning hundreds of thousands of dollars. But we've also seen sure. the flip side in corporate America, a client, an executive, had enough money to retire, and then the uh, company, uh, because uh, this individual, he was under 50, he lost all his options and had to exercise them oh. immediately, and that was right after the stock dropped. Oh boy! So oh boy! It was devastating. Yeah. So, if you have the capacity to negotiate some of this stuff up front, uh, the vesting at retirement for stock options and restricted stocks or performance shares, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, hmm. We have a JD on staff that helps, you know, our clients uh, in their contract negotiations. You know, just giving advice, legal advice. You know, we recommend that you have your attorney. Uh, review, but just to give ne- negotiation uh, advice. I that's that's very good. I I, I I you bring up two points in that. And number one, if I am if I have a company and I'm a, say I'm a business owner, can I really count on my CFO and uh, so, so forth to help me uh, to really take care of my planning? Don't I really need someone who is specific in retirement like like yourselves? Yes, without question. You're not going to perform your own brain surgery, but people do. (laughs) Running your own company and being successful is one thing, but even even myself, I have a team of advisors that are very close to me who uh, advise me in certain areas. And so I look at, Ah. you know, when, when when you put this together, I always call it, you know, you put your dream team together. So right, you right. put the dream team together, even if you're a CEO, your your attorney, your accountant, and your uh, financial planner, financial advisor, and by having the the dream team, we find people are more successful because the team approach helps them avoid the mistakes that that happen uh, often. Oh, 
I'll bet. Boy, that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's a, that's a cool pen moment. I hope you'll take your pen out and dip it in the inkwell and write down that even if you're the expert at something yourself, you want that outside advice from a specialist. You want someone to help you with this retirement. You're talking a long life ahead of you, and it's very, very vital. So I hope you all heard Roy's advice. And now, Roy, there is a second thing that you mentioned, and that you were talking about options and so forth. Uh, depending on whose survey you believe, uh, the average American is going to hold on to his job 3.4 to 4 years. This is this is minimal, uh, and it's there's a lot of reasons for it, but it's the facts today. So, are pensions a thing of the past? You know, one thing when when looking at pensions, it really uh-huh. depends upon your individual situation. If you're an individual sole proprietor, say a consultant. Or right. if, as we have a situation where uh, a client's on the board of multiple companies, you can start, it's a great opportunity to start your own pension plan. The challenge is because your money, the money is going towards yourself and you're, you're able to put uh, legally very significant amounts of money away. Uh, even if you're 55, 60, uh, you can put very significant amounts of money away, 150 thousand dollars in a year by having a pension 401k combination and even in some cases more but the the challenge comes as uh, when companies grow if you have 15 20 employees to be able to provide a defined benefit plan for large corporations yes I do believe it's a thing of the past for most large corporations because they can't afford to maintain them when I started in the business in 1982 People live mm-hmm. to 73, 74. I, yeah, I, yeah. Can't keep up with, uh, I, I can't keep up with 80-year-old clients with the traveling they do and the hiking and the <laughs> biking. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's amazing what people do today. So it was a 92-year-old uh, woman who climbed the Matterhorn. Uh, no, I'm sorry, who climbed Mount Fuji in Japan. Old as there. I mean, so... Uh, yeah. I just hope when she came down, she had enough money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, uh, yeah. So, you know, when we look at everything, it's it's important that you do it the right way. Right. Oh, absolutely. So the the idea, I, I'm glad that you, you point that out, that, that in some cases pensions are good, but it's always best to not depend on your employer, particularly not more and more, but you can do it yourself. The pensions are something that that you can do yourself, that you can set up and take a little responsibility early on, right? Is that what you're saying? Especially if you're a sole proprietor, the cost right. becomes exorbitant because people are living longer. So if you if you're a small business, the amount you have to fund for a pension for an employee who's going to retire at 65, most small businesses can't, and even large businesses can't afford to fund it. Because they may have to put away fifty to one hundred thousand dollars a year, so say an employee makes one hundred thousand, they may have to put away, uh, and they're thirty-five, they may have, may have to put away fifty, sixty thousand a year. So there's enough money in the pension, and most corporations, with the margins and the expenses of healthcare today, can't afford it. So that's what's happened. By people living longer, it's not corporations are evil and they're just concerned about profit. It's really an evolution that's happened. People living longer. 
I think I'm glad you brought that up. There is this sort of tendency to villainize the corporations that aren't giving the generous pensions of the, that we remember for our parents' generation. And you just pointed out that it's there's some real math involved here that, that just make it impossible. Uh, time changes. Changes is part of life. I. Uh, I know that uh, at your Feathers launch party, we chatted a bit about exit strategies. And um, for what are some of the, uh, what we say, the larger, more common misunderstandings that business owners have? They're just when they're getting ready to retire. They think, well, you know, I may want to step down. What are some of the, the, the things that they, just like one or two things they really don't realize so often? The Number one is kids can run the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the next generation, especially third generation, and it's it's a very very low number, below twenty five percent of these. I think it's, it may even be in this third generation single digits that succeed. And the problem is that today, I have a friend of mine who has a corporation, a significant right. corporation. His son started as a vice president. Uh-huh. When my friend started, he started sweeping floors. He yeah. started, you know, in the stock room. He, he he did every part of, he worked in every part of the company, so he knew when he took over the company how to run the company. Today we have a tendency of starting our children at higher level positions, uh, and and his first time at college when he started sweeping the floors. It wasn't like he didn't go to school. But the way yeah, you know yeah. your company is to start at the bottom and work your way up, and the ones that have their children and install them and expect to have success, success does most of the time it fails because of the uh, lack of capability. And we yeah. Oh, I I could challenge. see that. The, not, nothing works like experience. You know, I, what was the saying of Thomas Edison that? Uh, too often we miss opportunity because it dresses in overalls and looks like work. And I think yeah. that people do need to work their way up through. And, and my congratulations to those parents and business owners who are who give their children the full experience of the company before asking them to take over. Yeah, ladies we, and gentlemen, we we've come to the successful. midpoint. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. How true. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the midpoint of our feast, so let us take a brief sorbet. And it's time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. That firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And uh, you may explore a wealth of business tools at www.bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And perhaps you are somebody who is an authority in your own field, do let us know at info at bartsbooks.com. And finally, we would also like to add that Prometheus Publishing is uh, going to be uh, is a premier sponsor of the Book Expo America and the Javits Center, which begins tomorrow, May 28th to the 31st. And we invite you to their booth, number 2968, where they have a special tangible gift of laughter and a little pearl of wisdom for each of you. And so we hope that you enjoyed that, and uh, we hope you enjoyed today's business quip also. If you'd like to to uh, get them delivered weekly to your door for free, bartsbooks.com uh, will uh, offer you subscription advice. Ladies and gentlemen, and those rather bizarre folks in the back room who fall into no category whatsoever, we are back with our financial expert, 
Mr. Roy Williams, uh, to know over some of the tougher problems businesses and owners face uh, in retirement in retirement planning. And so, Roy, if it, what if I'm not an owner, but I'm a stakeholder in the business? How do I is how do I position myself? How do I plan my holdings for a good retirement benefit? If you're a stakeholder in a small business, it's a big challenge right. because mm. you don't know when the liquidation is going to take place. And as a small stakeholder, you don't have control over that. And as a stakeholder, if they don't pay out dividends, they can pay bonuses to the executives, but if they don't pay dividends, you don't get any distribution of income. So oh, yes, yes, yes. That's been a, a big challenge with minority shareholders of businesses who aren't active in the businesses. Uh, so we encourage people to have enough money outside of that investment. And it, Bart, we see we see people have some great uh, great success in investing in uh, businesses and created some significant wealth. But mm-hmm. if it's a business that you're not controlling, it becomes more of a challenge. So. Our belief is you should have the resources for retirement outside of that because that you can control. Oh, and just have, that's have, have that investment as a piece of your portfolio that eventually that's will. That's excellent. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I see what you meant. I, I didn't realize the risk is so much greater for the minority shareholder uh, or stakeholder anyway. So you're right. I mean, again, you have to look to yourself. You are responsible for yourself, and that's what we're really talking about here. Um, now. Uh, I was wondering if uh, I know one thing that, that we've chatted is, is that there's a lot of new legislation out there that's leaving uh, many of the old traditional retirement processes uh, very much in the dust and can actually have you doing harm to yourself. Are, uh, could you talk about a little bit about some of the new changes in legislation that you've seen of late? You know, there's been actually some, for small business owners, there have actually been some very positive changes in legislation uh, by the estate tax being increased to $5.34 million per person. It enables uh, small businesses and farms and and other types of businesses to be transitioned to uh, the next generation without having the tax burden. Because right, that's what right. will happen with a small business. If a business is worth $10 million under the old estate tax rules, we'll say, 10 years ago, they would have had to come up with uh, $3, 4000000 million in cash to pay the estate taxes. So that was a very oh, positive yeah. change in the legislation that happened. Uh, you know, tax laws are always changing. There's been thousands of changes right. over the past 100, 100 years. There's been thousands of uh, changes. <laughs> you should see what we yeah, get. We have an accounting firm. You know, we see that when the changes happen, the volumes of material we get explaining the differences, or you know, oh, between yeah. the tax. But uh, for small businesses, I think there's actually been uh, now there may be some uh, hindrance in terms of some taxation, but the estate tax right. I think is a very big piece of it because today I can I can give a present value of five million dollar business to the next generation if that's something I wanted to. But we always mm-hmm. tell people if they're going to do that, make sure it's not a disabling gift you're giving the kids. Uh-huh. How do you mean? A gift, when you gift your, the next generation, it could be disabling or enabling. If it enables them right. to have success and to prosper, that's great. But if it's 
if it's going to disable them and, and reduce their motivation, then it's, it's not a good gift. This is, I, I'm glad you point that out because then I think that there is some quality value of the people. If you have uh, a son who is just starting off his own startup and just getting it going and all of a sudden he is straddled with an entirely different business into which he may not have much interest at all, uh, what a disaster that would be. I've, I've seen that a couple of, my time, a couple of times yep. myself. There's also another thing that you mentioned, and that is that so the the old idea of constantly trying to devalue your company is uh, so so you won't pay the estate tax is really not as good an idea because then you're going to hurt yourself in the sale. Is that true? Correct. You know, if you devalue the company, obviously uh, at sale time, uh, that's a problem, and, and also a problem. Uh, I was talking to actually a business owner this weekend. He's mm-hmm. uh, in his late 60s, late 60s and he uh-huh. continues to work and run the company because he's the one who brings, he's the rainmaker for the business. So if he stops <laughs> right. making rain, then there would be no business. So that's a right, big right. problem now for, from an estate situation that a lot of times the business will devalue itself because the the uh, person who started the business is no longer there. That's why you need to create a very systematized, scalable business so that mm-hmm. it can run with you. Or, not that you, it will run as well, but it can run with you and without you. you know, that's uh, almost like a franchise model. You consider your business right. almost like a franchise and build it that way, and you'll have the most, most uh, success in selling your business. You know, I look at uh, Jimmy John Subs. You know, it started with right. a $25,000 investment. $25,000, right. and he has 1,900 stores. I mean, America's a great place. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. You know, a yeah, lot of opportunity. I, as I understand it, I think it's something like 60-some-odd percent of America's business is now franchises, by the way. Fascinating. Yep. That, 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 but it's a very sensible way to go for so many people. And, right. Uh, it's a scalable, it, successful model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, of course, is when you yourself, we say no one is indispensable, but you can make yourself indispensable to the functioning of your business, just like this fellow who you said was the rainmaker. You know, you can be the one uh, through whom all cash revenue doth indeed flow, and uh, you you have to uh, plan for that, particularly in the case of a partner. I, it, it's just unfair to... Uh, Yank out with on retirement and leave your partner staring off into space with with uh, cash draining out of his pockets, right? Right, and that, and that's why again you always have to think of it as a very scalable uh, business mm-hmm. as you go forward. Yeah. Even a small business, it doesn't have to be a franchise, but you just consider right. yourself a franchise. If someone bought me, can can they be successful in the business? Because if you if right. you create a business that is all about you and you're indispensable, you're going to get really no value at the time of sale. And you're right. What you mentioned before, higher taxes. I mean, capital gains went from 15 to 23.8, depending upon uh, depending upon what your uh, income is from the sale. We what had, do I know? That when somebody recently sold a business for very successful, many millions of dollars, but between state and federal income taxes, they're giving away a third of the money. But as I remind oh. them, a third of a, a third of a big number is a, 
it's a great thing that you had that opportunity to pay taxes and that you were that successful. We may not right. like it, but that means you're successful. Yeah. If you sold a business for a hundred thousand, you, you would you wouldn't pay a lot of taxes, but that would be very difficult to <laughs> retire. On. Well, we all have, we all have to maintain a lifestyle. It's uh, like. Uh, like they always say, the second wife is the one who loves you desperately, provided you drive up to her with a portion full of money. But yeah, it, <laughs> I was just—I I just want to talk about some of the successful uh, avenues that that uh, a business owner might use to protect his family and heirs when none of them is is really particularly capable or interested in the business, and if he knows that ahead of time, uh, just one or two quick things that you think they should do. Uh, well, you can do two things. Sell the business right? Uh, as soon as you retire, just to make sure you have right. the assets for the family. Or you can right. buy life insurance to, to oh. fund the retirement needs of the family. Because if something happens to the CEO, who's the rainmaker, and there is no value to that business, if anything, That's the true. family can... That's true. Roy, I thank you very much. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we have come to the end of our show. Alas, we will have to have you back on. So I thank you very much, and uh, let me leave you with today's business quotation. Uh, the author, a startup is a company that is confused about what, what the product is, who the customers are, and how to make money. And as a hint, the author of this quote was truly angelic. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you very much for, for attending, and I will let me leave you with the parting shot that if the C in your C-suite stands for ch challenge more than chief, you've probably got the right team. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. It has been a privilege. Good afternoon.